0: Hey, business building warrior. Welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. I'm the introductory host today, but not the main content guy. We've got two favorite guests coming back today. Of course, I'm talking about Brian and Robin Joy Olson. They're going to be doing the bulk of the content today, but I've got the announcements section of the episode. Here's what they're going to cover. When I turn the microphone over to the olsons They're going to talk about the bare basic tools that you need to run a successful Amazon business using the strategies that we teach around here. They're going to talk, of course, about Keepa. You hear us talk about it all the time. I'm not sure if they mention it on today's episode or not, but go listen to episode number 369 if you want a bit more background on Keepa and why we're so excited about that tool. But they talk about the other basic tools which tools are you going to need, when do you need them, and what order do you buy them. It's a great episode that I can't believe we've never done before. But on today's Coach's Corner, that's what they're going to hit. So enjoy that in just a moment. But before that, I want to make sure and remind you that upcoming July 6th through 8th event, The Proven Conference. Get over to theprovenconference.com and check out the details we are posting. As I'm recording this, we are just days away from posting the full event detail page that has all the ticket prices and all of the breakout sessions. Several sessions happening this year that are things that we've never taught before. This isn't any rehashed information. You're gonna be coming to an event that not only is packed full of great fellow business building warriors from this community, hundreds of them from all over the world are coming in. But we're going to be teaching more new content at this conference than we've ever taught at any of the past conferences. This is our 11th time we've done this event, making it one of the longest running e commerce training conferences in the world of Amazon e commerce. But this year we're going to have several sessions. Here's just a little taste before we turn it over to the Olsons. Off the top of my head, we're going to be talking about the bot strategy that we've been getting so excited about around here, how to Source online using bots and scraping retail websites looking for great opportunities. It's working so great for the team that's tested this out. You're going to love getting exposed to that. We're going to help you launch a prep center. If that's something that you want to do, you can get paid well. It can be a very profitable thing for you to launch your own prep center. It's a high in demand business. If you've seen our list at prepcenternetwork.com, virtually every time we add a new prep center in, they get a lot of new business because there's a lot of demand around the world, and in our own U.S.-based community for people who can manage inventory for other people. We're going to do that. We're going to talk about that. We've got some print-on-demand training for you. You know how much we always warn you around here about being extremely cautious as a new seller about getting into private label. Well, we've dialed in a very low risk. Method that you can test and have your own print on demand objects and items that will tell you how to set up the listing. We're going to be teaching all of that at the conference. Now, we can of course, cover everything you need in the time that we'll have there, but we're going to give you a great introduction enough that you could go try this out on your own for sure. So, print on demand and so many other strategies that we haven't talked about before in this community, we're going to be talking about them at this conference. So, the content's going to be great. The community that's going to be there is going to be fantastic. See the full list. We've got over 40 breakout sessions. I'm not going to give them all to you right now. You can go see the full list at theprovenconference.com. Get over there. Get the details on the event. If you have questions, feel free to contact us. Jump into our free Facebook group. There's a link at silentgym.com to our group. You can jump in and ask your questions about the event there as well. Happy to help you out. But let's jump over and get into the main content for today. Let's hang out with Brian and Rob Joy Olson. You're going to enjoy this. It's a great breakdown of some of the great tools. And by the way, all the tools we're going to mention today are listed out for you, along with, in most cases, great discount links that we've arranged for you. In the event that you do end up using some of those tools so look for the links and we always appreciate you using our affiliate links that's put puts a few dollars in the bank for us for this free program if you use our affiliate link when you buy some of these tools we don't endorse or recommend anything unless it's something we truly stand behind believe in and use ourselves at a, a wide level so we've got about 100 people on our team any tool we talk about any service we endorse a lot of us are using it and successfully using it. So that's the stuff we bring to you. We don't just take on any sponsor. We have to actually prove that the stuff works. So these tools we're talking about today, we actually use these in our own businesses. We use them in our students' businesses when we coach them. These are tools that we stand behind. So enjoy this conversation. with Brian and Robin, let's turn the microphone over to them.
1: Hello, Brian.
2: Hello, Robin. <laughs> Welcome back to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Hello, everyone. We are your hosts, I'm Robin Joy. I'm Brian Olson. And this is Coach's Corner. Some good topics for you this week. Really excited about some of this stuff. Yeah. Um, we are in the coaching program, as you know, as coaches. Mm -hmm. And um, we get new coaching clients frequently, right? Yes. Coaching program is a pretty we love that, pretty uh, great tool and um or service, I should say. Mm -hmm. And we get folks who come into the program at all different levels, right? Mm-hmm. There's some people who don't even have a seller account yet mm-hmm. to people who are already doing 40 or $50,000 a month. And they're looking to improve their business on some level.
1: Right. Or add another strategy maybe from what they were yeah, using. Yeah.
2: Add another one. Yeah. We get some folks who come in with private label and they're looking to add replens. Mm-hmm. We get some people who are already doing replens and they want to do some other um, strategies, but One thing uh, is almost all these clients have one thing in common when they're first getting started, Mm -hmm. and that is the tools that they use. Mm -hmm. What is that one must have tool for the reflens business?
1: What do I need in order to get started? And we've heard Jim Cochran talk about this a lot Mm -hmm. on podcasts. Mm -hmm. I bet everybody who's listening, if you've heard any podcasts before know what that tool is. What is it, Brian? Uh,
2: (laughs) Rhymes with, Mipa, <laughs> Keep, uh, Keepa. I think it's Kiba. I Keepa. think it's Kiba. Keepa. That one tool. Yeah. If we had to do this business with only one tool, it would absolutely, hands down, be Kiba. And
1: Why could you do this business with only one tool, Brian?
2: I could do this business. I can do this business with one
1: tool. <laughs> and I uh, can name that too. Yes. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yes. Exactly. So. <laughs> Uh, that one tool being KIPA. Now, we'll get into the sort of the features and some of the features and benefits of KIPA here in a minute, but is it possible, I'm just going to ask this question, Mm -hmm. if I didn't want to invest in KIPA, could I still do this business?
1: Well, I'm not going to say you couldn't. It would be much more difficult. In order to have the information that KIPA gives you, the historical information, you would have to build that data over time yourself. Mm -hmm. Keepa gathers it for you and puts it right in front of you. uh, The history of what that ASIN has been doing, every one of those listings uh, individually without you having to, you know, kind of trade on paper, um, so to speak, until you get that information.
2: Well, spell that out for me a little bit. Let's say that I did want to skip over Keepa to start out with and do it all myself. Mm -hmm. What, What does that look like?
1: Well, I think it would have to look something like taking some ASINs and watching them all day, hour by hour, putting down data points. uh, How much did they sell for? When did they sell? Uh, What what ASINs, sorry, what uh, competitors um, are running out of stock and when are they, when is their stock moving? When is the price moving? You'd have to have so many, a whole bunch of data points put together to get the information that we get with one look at uh, keep on a listing. Okay, but I'm stubborn. I still
2: think I can do this. Okay. okay I could go look at a listing and see if I'm summarizing this correctly. I could go and look at a product listing on Amazon, mm-hmm. and I could start taking some notes. I could find yes. out... How many uh, offers were on that listing? Yes, and what their offer prices were, mm-hmm. and I would note all that information down. Mm-hmm. And then I might look in the product details section of that uh, ASIN or that listing and find the ASIN, mm-hmm. um, the uh, sales rank, mm-hmm. if it has one,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and maybe a UPC code or other stuff that's you know maybe item specific, but um, but I could just write all that information down. Right, come back multiple times per day and update that data. Mm -hmm. In other words, even like uh, which seller was in the buy box when I looked at nine o'clock in the morning versus which seller was in the buy box when I looked at three o'clock in the afternoon. That's right. That's right. I could could go and track all that information. You could
1: track all that information. Okay,
2: and I could track that for days, weeks, months. Yes,
1: you probably need at least a minimum of 90 days of information in order to... uh, you know, make a decision, I would think. And you would also need to do that for every listing that you're interested in. By the time you get to the end of that, then you'd have to decide whether all that work was worth it or not. Okay. Okay. Sorry,
2: well, you convinced you? No, no, I'm, I'm actually not. Let's talk okay. this through a little Wait bit ahead. more. Let's say that I do, I'm, I'm tracking, like initially I'm only tracking one ASIN and then I start building these uh, listings that I'm interested in following. And by the end of uh, 90 days, I've got a list of, let's say, 30 ASINs that I'm tracking, mm-hmm. um, but I don't have 90 days of data on them just yet. Okay. Right? Because I picked up some as I was going. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, how long is it going to take me to, you know, I'm, this is total gas, right? We're just <laughs> making some numbers up here, but how long do you think it might take me to track information on 30 ASINs each day?
1: Oh, gosh. Well, it depends on how many times a day you want to track that Mm -hmm. uh, and how much information you want to get. I mean, you could do it once a day Mm -hmm. and probably get enough information. Mm -hmm. You could uh, and then do that for 90 days on each ASIN. So to do that for 30 ASINs, I mean, you're talking about, I don't know, 10 minutes per ASIN-ish.
2: Yeah. So let's do that. Yeah. Let's start out with 10 minutes per ASIN. 30 ASINs mm-hmm. is 300 minutes. That's uh, five hours <laughs> a day of tracking, right? Of effort to go and do that. Mm-hmm. Five hours a day times 30 days a month, roughly. More than 150 hours. Mm-hmm. 150 hours. So now how much does keep a cost if we're like, you know what, I don't have 150 hours to put into this business over the course of a month.
1: Well it's paid in euros but it is around twenty dollars a month
2: I think it's like 25
1: maybe 25 let's now. Call it, yeah. let's call it 25 okay months.
2: okay All right. so 25 dollars for the month so if I took that 25 dollars and divided it by how many hours did I just say a minute ago 500 uh, was it 500? For 150. <laughs> 150, it was 150.
1: 150. I'm sorry. Yeah, you quickly it multiplied quickly in my mind.
2: <laughs> yeah, and you can see how you're making yourself worth, you know, pennies per hour by doing this work compared to subscribing to a service like Keepa, which now you can do by the month. You don't have to pay annually, so pay as you go. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a free trial on Keepa, so you're committed uh, on the day that you sign up, but. Um, But all of a sudden, we're getting what at least 150 hours per month back for our right.
1: business, and, right? and more information than you could grab on your own. Yeah. Although that brings me to the next question, Brian, okay. which is, do I need to know everything about Keepa before I can get started? I mean, it's it's a pretty complicated tool, and there's a lot there. And if I buy it. And I don't have time to learn it. Then what good is it doing
2: me? Well, it's a great point. And let's not forget that Kipa, just like every other software tool, software slash tool slash service that's out there these days, is constantly improving, right? If you're not if you're not improving, you're dying. Mm-hmm. And with Kipa, that holds true. Like it seems almost every week or every at least every month, there's a new set of features to maybe include new data, uh, new charts, new um, new data points to look at. Um, a ton of that in there. So um, yeah, I lost track of what I was, where I was going with that.
1: You got to learn new, new software.
2: Oh, you got to learn new software. Yeah. I still, I still lost it.
1: Okay. So I, my question was, do I have to know everything about Keepa? How, how about those hours that I have to spend to learn Keepa? Oh, right, right, right.
2: Okay. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for catching (laughs) me up. So, no, I don't think so because uh, in the, I mean, eventually the longer you, that you use the tool, You'll learn more and more about it, but to get right. started, you don't have to be an expert. You do not. Have you to really be are idea. really interested in just two things, right? Right. What are those two things? Velocity
1: mm-hmm. and price history.
2: And price history. Yeah. yeah. So the sales range, the, the the price history range of that ASIN. Yeah. Um. And the
1: sales velocity of that ASIN. Right. That tells me one whether it's selling fast enough for me to get to, to look at my band aid. I've uh, got <laughs> my finger. Um whether I have enough velocity to be able to sell that item within the 30 to 45 days that I like to sell it in, in replens. Mm-hmm. Does it sell enough fast enough for me to do that? And two, am I going to make a profit? Do I have the potential to make anything, make any money if mm-hmm. I send in items on that listing?
2: Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: Those are the two things I need to get started. So again, we need one tool to get started and we only need a couple of of pieces of information from that to get started.
2: Okay, well, let me challenge you just for a second on that. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the unscripted part of the podcast. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. So,
1: um,
2: <laughs> yeah, Keepa doesn't actually tell us whether we're gonna make any money. It does not. Right, so we need, actually need maybe one other tool um, in order to make a decision on whether we're gonna well, we need, potentially test something, right? We need to know our cost. We need to know our cost, yep.
1: And we need to know what it's been selling at Yep, to see if we have, um, to make a determination of whether we can m- uh, make a profit.
2: Okay. Right? Yep.
1: Okay, so I don't think we need another tool to make that decision, but I think we our next tool might be one that makes that decision even faster.
2: Okay, well, let me ask you this. Does KIPA tell you what your fees are? how much money that you could potentially make? It tells you what your fulfillment fee is, but it doesn't tell you what your okay. referral fee is. Okay. Well, we can do the math on the referral fee in most cases. Yep. 15% of the sales price. That varies depending on the price are. and the category. But yeah. Okay. So if KIPA does tell us the uh, fulfillment fee and we can do math to, on the sales price to figure out the other part of the fees, then you're right. We don't need another tool for that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. So let's just stop with Keepa right now. Okay. Okay.
1: Can I start my Amazon replans business with just one tool? Well, Keepa.
2: I think we answered that question. I think we Yes, did. you can. Yes, now. you
1: absolutely can. And furthermore, many, many, many people do.
2: hmm and many people don't, as you'll notice by some people offering things for sale at ridiculously low prices. This is true. <laughs> this but, is true. but keep up besides those fundamentals we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Showing you the, the sales velocity and the and the sales price range of that item does
1: so much more than that. It does. It does. But I have to learn that over time. Mm-hmm. I can get in my car and drive a block from my house and not have to know a whole lot about a car. But when I start wanting to get on the highway and drive faster, or when I need the oil change, I need to build on that and learn some more about my car. If I need to turn the windshield wipers on, it's raining, I need to learn some more about the car. So, so I can get started, but then I'll need to learn more about my tool. Great
2: point. So for the two or three things that we need to know, those data points, sales mm-hmm. velocity and sales price history and the range of that mm-hmm. is like getting in the car, putting it in drive, going to work, right? right? Or going down the street to visit a friend. Mm-hmm. I haven't had to figure out how to use cruise control. Right. And by the way, like the car analogy is awesome because it does remind me of Keepa, like every new generation of a vehicle that comes out has more bells and whistles yes. than the previous one, right? Mm-hmm. So now we have to... Figure out, if we want to, how to use the cruise control, the adaptive speed control, mm-hmm. the lane assist, mm-hmm. the, uh, all the fancy ways the car can drive itself these days. You have to actually kind of study up on these things, especially sure. if you're getting in a Tesla, sure. right? People will say, like, go watch the video on how to drive a Tesla. And because if you're
1: going to take a yeah. yes, that's true. We tried that we once, did try didn't it, we? Yes. Yeah. It was it was a learning experience for yeah. sure. And we've been driving for years, <laughs> more years than I want to admit. Right. But the point is we don't we don't have to
2: know how to use all that stuff. We don't have to know how to change the oil or mm-hmm. tune up the car or even which shop to take it to right. in order to get started. Right. We know we get in, we push the start button or put the key in. And we drive a few blocks and we've, we've achieved, we've gotten from point A to point B.
1: Exactly. We're going to keep our risk low because we're not going very far. Mm-hmm. We're not going to drive in the dark. We're not going to drive in the rain. Mm-hmm. We're not going to drive in the snow or ice. We're going to drive on a clear sunny day. Mm-hmm. We're going to go a couple of blocks to our friend's house. We're not going to have to parallel park, none of that. And we can, we can get from one place to another and, and, the beginning is really the beginning. that's where you start
2: right And, and the two things that we we're talking about with KIPA that you need to know in order from get to point uh, in order to get from point A to point B is really the the uh, sales price history and the sales velocity. That's right, right you okay.
1: really can start there. So we could do
2: a lot with just those two things. a lot. Okay, so I know it comes with a slew of other features. It does, including one of my favorites called the premium data access tool. Yes, um, and this allows us to extract data strategically out of Keepa to target specific types of listings on Amazon.
1: Okay, so this is what, now we're going to start learning how to get on the highway and drive a little faster.
2: Yeah, this is. I'm going to say this isn't after we've gotten some experience an advanced topic, and we just yeah. want to talk about a, a couple of of them. Once you know how to uh, basically, drive a Tesla. You can put it in, you know, cruise control mode and put your feet up and do all. No, you can't, you can't do
1: all, any <laughs> you of that stuff. Not though. do that. No, that would be high risk. We would no, really yeah. keep our risk low, <laughs> right?
2: But we can uh, use the tool to help us uh, target some other specific types of listings that could be beneficial for us, mm-hmm. right? Okay, yes. you want to talk
1: about a couple of those? Well, yeah, uh, I know that one of one of your favorites is listings with no buy box.
2: Oh yeah, buy box.
1: We hear, we hear
2: buy box all the time, yeah, right? Box. We see it, what about the buy box. We see it posted in the community. We mm-hmm. talk to each other. What's the buy box? Who's got the buy box? Sharing the buy box. Uh, and
1: it's not that the buy box isn't a very good indicator of a lot of things. Yeah, which is why we use it a lot in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what if it doesn't have one? Do we just run away? Yeah. So what if it doesn't have a buy box? Well. I'll Before tell you. I'll explain what the buy boxes. Make it's sure we
2: understand. Great. Yeah. When when we're on a listing uh, on Amazon, we've pulled up I don't know a razor blades listing, mm-hmm. and we uh, are interested in buying it. Normally, in the upper right hand corner of that listing, um, are two boxes. One of them, and one's orange, and the other one's a little less orange, a little more yellow. <laughs> one of them is buy now. Yes. So if you have an Amazon Prime account, you can buy with one click. That buy now um, is the first part of the buy box. Mm-hmm. The second one, I think, is the yellow button. This is the one that says add to cart. Mm-hmm. And so when you add it to cart in one click, basically you've either added it to your cart or in one click you've made the purchase. Right. So listing some listings don't have that little section in the upper right-hand corner.
1: What do you do then?
2: Well, I mean, that section of the page still exists, mm-hmm. but there's a different button up there. What does that button say?
1: Something about uh,
2: see all your buying options. See all buying options. Yeah. See all buying options. Now, let's not get into the, to the, you know, why we see that versus uh, why we see a buy box sometimes. But when we see the see all buying options option box, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: option of options that is in the box of options. Yeah. Something yes. like that. <laughs>
2: um, then we actually have to click on that. Mm-hmm. and see all the offers that are existing for that particular item. And, then, and we just have to pick one of those offers. We have to pick one of those to offers to cart. put in our cart. Yeah, okay. we still can buy it now from there, but we can put it in our cart from there. Okay, so, so, so we know what a buy box So when we see the, the option for see all my buying options, that's no buy box. Right. Okay, so now that I've completely uh, confused everyone about <laughs> what a buy box and no buy box is, why would we be interested in these listings
1: that have no buy box? Because many third party sellers run away from listings that don't have a buy box. Oh, we have been those
2: third-party sellers. Oh yeah,
1: we have. We right?
2: Absolutely. So have. so is it a secondhand story? I, I can't remember who told it. But story? You have a story? I know. Sure. Imagine me. <laughs> uh the story went something like this. Uh it was someone posting a question like, hey, I was on this listing and now the and it was $30 and now the buy box is gone and I can't sell my inventory. And the reply was, yeah, a lot of times when the buy box goes away, people, third-party sellers, will panic Mm -hmm. and lower their price because they know that uh, in some cases, when the buy box gets removed, it really stunts the sales of Mm -hmm. that particular listing. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And it can. It can.
2: Really, like uh, on some listings, you'll see the when the buy box goes away, you can see 50 to 80% drop in sales velocity.
1: But listen to what you just said. Yeah, you also or might see fifty to eighty percent loss in competitors, so you get more of the sales than you were getting before. So it work. It, it can, can cancel itself out.
2: This is true, and and uh, sometimes the buy box goes away because of the amount of just craziness going on on the listing. Mm-hmm. So um, that it might be, come back. Yeah, it could very well. A lot of times, you'll see the buy box disappear when. There's nobody with a viable offer. And by viable, it could mean like the price is acceptable to Amazon and the shipping time is acceptable to Amazon, right? It could be gone. And yeah, I said, we weren't going to do it, but I'm <laughs> doing it. He <laughs> said we weren't
1: going to get in the weeds on that be, right. The buy box could, a little
2: bit. could be gone because the quality of the listing isn't very good, right? Sometimes we see those listings that were part of a... Uh, There used to be a variation, and now they're flying solo, and so they're missing a bunch of information about uh, about the product. And so Amazon says the quality listing is not good. We're going to take the buy box off. The price could be too high. There are a a number of reasons, but not important for this discussion.
1: Okay, so let's go back to why we want to find ASINs. Why we might want to find ASINs that don't have a buy box? So because the
2: story, which I cut myself off from, (laughs) was that when the buy box disappears. Then we sometimes want to go ahead and you know what that could be that could be increasing my risk. Yeah. And if we're trying to stay in this low low high space, low risk, low investment, high potential for profit or success, then I want to potentially keep my by keeping my one of the ways I keep my risk low is by getting out of that listing.
1: Possibly, yeah. but may I introduce a concept that uh, I'm just coming up with? Mm-hmm. <laughs> your comparative risk changes once you spread that risk over several ASINs. If that one ASIN is a high percentage of your ASINs, then yeah, you need to keep your risk low and not, not fool around with things like that. But if it's a very small, if one ASIN, you have um, you know hundreds of ASINs and that's only one, mm-hmm. then you can afford a little bit more risk on individual ASINs. Still, just a little bit more risk. Yeah. Right. So my true. comparative risk is still low. Yeah. As long as I've spread before. Okay.
2: Okay. You may introduce that.
1: Okay. Thank you. Will yes. you? Are you buying what I'm selling? Yeah,
2: I, I think it's a it's an interesting um, concept because uh, number one, it means I don't have to panic. Right. Right. I don't have to panic and and tank the price and just wait you know, hopefully, you know, cross my fingers and I can sell out of this thing. I can actually take my time mm-hmm. and evaluate this as long as I've got time. Now, if yes. this is one of two ASINs, then I'm probably you panicking a little top. bit. Right. But if it's one of 200 ASINs, then I, yeah, I've got some time. I can see how this might play out.
1: Right. right? Exactly.
2: Okay. Okay. And uh, not only do I not need to panic, but I might explore that situation for further opportunity. Right. Yes. Yes. Right? And that's what this whole so this strategy is,
1: is. Kind of what, what Jim tells us a lot of times, you mm-hmm. know, okay, so somebody take the price and, you know, people are going crazy. Let them play their little party down there. Mm-hmm. You just sit still and, and they'll go away in a minute. Mm-hmm. They they either can't do math mm-hmm. or they have panicked for some reason or another. And you don't need to respond to that yep. necessarily. Yeah. If you've spread your risk.
2: Okay. So now that we've totally beaten up the whole buy box, now we could use a tool like Keepa to help us find listings that don't have a buy box that we can potentially exploit. Correct. Because... All of them, but some of them... Because why? The buy box wasn't one of those two things that we were talking about, those key pieces of information, the key data points that Keepa gives us, Mm -hmm. right? Remember, we were looking for sales velocity and uh, sales price range, right? Right. We didn't care whether it had a buy box or no. Care. Because in a listing that doesn't have a buy box can still sell very well.
1: Yes. I I have heard a lot of people say, well, the customer has to make one more click, but it's that much harder for them to get the to get the sale. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. That is true. They have to make one more click and make one more decision before they can buy that. Here's what I want to say. I don't... I am not as concerned with how the customer goes through the buying process as I am that the customer goes through the buying co- process. Okay. If it's getting sold at a velocity that works for me without a buy box, I'm fine not having a buy box. Okay. So when I'm looking for ACES that don't have a buy box, whether it's a buy box, it did have a buy box and it went away, or it's never had a buy box, uh, whatever the case may be, it doesn't have a buy box. I may be looking at those because I know some other that a lot of other sellers are not looking for those or avoiding those ASINs. If I know, if I can find the ones of those that don't have a buy box but are still selling very well at a high velocity, Mm -hmm. then I want those ASINs on my
2: list. Yes, great. And the point I was trying to make is the no buy box, uh, the, the buy box itself is not a data point that we really care about. We can still determine sales velocity. Does it right. meet our criteria from sales velocity? Mm-hmm. And we can still determine sales price range.
1: And we're often not going to be in the buy box anyway. Right. Because in uh, episode 554 of Jim's podcast, you can ignore the buy box. You can't ignore the buy box. And boxes. find a lot more aces.
2: Yeah. Okay. okay. So that is one of the uh, two advanced strategies we were going to talk about here. And
1: You're a little in the weeds on that. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. But... Uh,
2: but uh, let's maybe talk about uh, another one here that um, is, this one's actually one of my favorites. You said the no buy box was. I think the no buy box is your favorite. <laughs> my favorite is the uh, no sales rank. Now, uh, sales rank is a little bit trickier. It can be. Can be, because why? What, what is the sales rank well, called
1: When we didn't, uh, compared to the no buy box, if there's no buy box, that's really buy box is not a data point that we need to make a buying decision. Mm. Sales rank in and of itself is not either, but drops in sales rank are a key piece of our decision-making because that shows us velocity, how fast it's selling.
2: Okay. So we are doing some research. We come across a listing that has no sales rank. Let's mm-hmm. say like it was uh, uh it had a sales rank up until four months ago, mm-hmm. and that green line that we normally see on Keepa has disappeared
1: in the Keepa chart on the listing. On right? The, yep, mm-hmm.
2: it's disappeared. Like it was going along and it just it stops. stops. Mm-hmm. What does that mean?
1: That can mean that Amazon just did not get the. It wasn't able to get the the um, the sales rank information from. It's, I'm sorry. Let me start over. Keepa was not able to get the. Uh, sales rank information from Amazon for some reason.
2: Yeah. So Amazon was not tracking the rank for some reason. Correct. Maybe related to one of the reasons we were talking about why it doesn't have a buy box sometimes.
1: Correct. Okay. But it could also mean that that listing is new and it hasn't yet been indexed and it doesn't have a sales rank yet. Okay. It could be either one of those situations. Okay. We were
2: talking about uh, in the first part of this section, the... Where the sales rank just disappears, like it has one and then it's gone poof. Yeah, okay. okay, we don't have a good explanation for why. No. Okay, uh, but we don't really care. Business. Right. We right. could guess. Okay, but, but sales rank does give us the one of the key data points that we started off talking about, which is the sales velocity. Mm-hmm. So we're missing a key piece of information. Like we we can't we can't yes. see it right. So right. how do we approach those listings where? Maybe it's got a buy box, um, but we just can't see the sales rank. Why are we interested in those kinds of listings?
1: Well, same reason as the no buy box. Other sellers will be uh, will avoid those listings or they won't uh, have those that data point. They won't be trying to find ones without. They'll only be trying to find ones with uh, right. sales
2: rank. Right. A, right. Lot, a lot of people search products by the sales rank.
1: Yeah. As we do. You, a lot of... Um, not by the sales rank, but by sales rank drops. Yeah, which requires
2: a sale. Rate. Right. Okay. So when we don't have that key piece of information, we mm-hmm. need to we need some other information to help make us to help us make a decision. What is some of that other information?
1: Yeah. Remember, this is a little bit more advanced yeah. strategy. So you want to have your your list built before you go too far into these. Um, you know, before you start driving on the highway fast, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but. Uh, One thing you can do is look at what's happening with the other sellers and their inventory.
2: Okay. And we can see that as a part of Keepa. Yes, we can. Okay. All the more data points that are available to us in Keepa. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to explain where it is, but we can't get in there and see the other offers. But yeah. We can see other offers on the listing. We can see their inventory levels on the listing. We can see theoretically at what price point those folks have sold those. Uh, items on the listing, mm-hmm. so it's not as good as a sales rank drop in terms of explicit data. Correct, right? That's one clue. Is there another clue that we can get to help us replace mm-hmm. the sales rank drop? With one. you have one okay. in mind. I couldn't remember if we talked about one before. <laughs> That's usually the first place we go. Is, right. Oh, well, two two things. Yeah. What about the offer count? Yes. So if the offer count is moving around as well. Um, as People well as are coming
1: the, in and selling out. And exactly. some
2: of those offers are going out of stock and coming back in stock. We can tell that there's product, there's activity going on on that. That makes it potentially worth a test. Correct. Right. So the sales price range works for us based on our costs and other expenses associated with that item. And we have a, uh, the sales, we don't have the uh, sales velocity. We're kind of guessing on that part but we do have the sales price range. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's kind of like maybe driving on the 40-mile spare tire. I don't know. <laughs> maybe we're not going full speed when we're making that decision. We're right. kind of slowing down.
1: All our decisions based on
2: that. Caution sign. And right.
1: again, you know, this is more of an advanced strategy after, you've already, after you already have a list. So keep that in mind. So what we've done here, Brian, is we've talked about the tool that you need to get started with you essentially Mm -hmm. need that tool to Mm -hmm. get started with replants yep that's really the only tool that you need and and you don't have to know everything about that tool in order to get started you only need to know a couple of things a couple of straightforward things to make a decision as to whether it's worth testing or not and then we've started driving our car on the on the highway. So you can build on that. The the reason we went into that, even though we got a little in the weeds was you can build on those basic fundamental uh, decision points and learn more and more about your ASINs and find more and more ASINs by looking at different data points. Yep. So that was the purpose of that. So now tell me HEPA is the tool that we would start with where would we go from there? What what tool would you buy next after Keepa?
2: Well, I was uh, alluding to it a little bit in the beginning when I was saying does Keepa tell us what all of our fees are? Yeah. Right. And, and as long as we're not going to go longhand with Keepa and mm-hmm. figuring out all the drops and <laughs> competitors and selling prices and all that, then let's not go um, manual with the pre- with the profit calculations either. Okay. Okay, But we don't necessarily even need to invest in another tool to make that happen. Amazon has one that is free that you get to use with your account, right. um, your uh, Amazon seller account. I'm 99.99% certain it even works with a with a personal account as opposed to a pro account. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah. Any, anyone can use that tool even as a guest. You oh, don't even okay.
2: have to have an account. Guests can even use the tool. Okay, mm-hmm. and this is the Amazon FBA calculator. Yes. So you can Google Amazon FBA calculator. It pulls up a a little worksheet for you and you enter all of your costs in the cost of the product, cost of how long do you want to store it, the cost of, you know, for what it takes you to ship it into Amazon, whether you're going to sell it merchant fulfilled or FBA, and then we'll give you your profitability, potential profitability on that at whatever sales price you think you want to sell it at. But it doesn't give it to you in an ROI. It only gives it to you in... Margin. Margin. Okay. So
1: and, and profit.
2: No uh, profit. It gives you the, the dollars and cents. Yeah. Yes. Um, so you can go figure your own ROI, but right. it doesn't calculate ROI on that page for you.
1: But you can definitely use that when you're getting started as your calculator for sure.
2: Absolutely. And it's free. So keep it in the free Amazon FBA calculator and you're off you go. In fact, that's the way I was taught when we yeah. first got started in this. It, uh, the fancy tools, there weren't as many fancy tools as there are yeah. today right? But if if, even that can be a little cumbersome, right? To go in, fire up that Amazon FB calculator, type in all these costs every time to figure out if that's going to be profitable for you. It could take you a minute, 30 seconds to a minute each time that you wanted to do that.
1: Which is really all I like to spend on the decision-making in total, right?
2: So another option would be if our next tool that we were going to invest in would be an on-page calculator. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: What's an example of an on-page calculator?
1: Well, I know I like to use AZ Insight. Okay. A lot of people use RevSeller. And I think that uh, Jim, Jim Cockrum has negotiated a discount for uh, RevSeller. Mm-hmm. A lot of people lately are using SellerAmp. SellerAmp, SellerAmp. Yeah. Um, I think I've seen another one lately. I'm, I'm sure I'm missing some, but those mm-hmm. are the type calculators. It lays over the sales page, the listing page. It allows you to see fees and um, after you put your costs in there, it allows you to see what the fees are and what your potential profit is based on, on what you want to sell it for.
2: Yeah. For me, that was, I think that was the second tool that we invested in before I started
1: helping you. So you'd have to tell me
2: (laughs) within the first 60 days. uh, I'm pretty sure maybe even the first 30 days, because I was like tired of typing all that stuff into the Amazon FBA calculator Why not just when I click on a page, it shows up, I type in a number, like, so this happens in a matter of seconds, two Mm -hmm. or three seconds, as opposed to 30 seconds to a minute to go the other route. And I can figure it out right there. For me, also worth the time, Mm -hmm. because that tool is going to be $100, $150 a year, as opposed to a month. So that absolutely scales very well and saves me a bunch of time.
1: Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Uh, And... You'll notice that there is a benefit to having fewer lighter tools, which is that if you have too many tools on page, it's going to take a while for that page to load.
2: Yeah. You'll you the next plugin you'll get is the one that turns them all off. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it can get a little annoying when you're trying to yeah. load a page just yeah. to yeah, do you your personal
1: shopping. Some people have RevSeller Seller and AZ inside and seller app uh, and Profit the, Detector Pro yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, plus your Keepa plugin. Yeah. So then it's going to take you know 10 minutes for your page to load, and that really increases your time. And so you'll go back. But if you keep keep those tools light, then you'll have a better experience, in my opinion. That's what I think.
2: Yes, so. I, I agree with that. So second tool. To save us a bunch of time and effort is the on-page calculator. Yeah. All right. If we were to go so far as three
1: tools. Three tools. The third tool would the be. The third tool would be. Not an on-page tool. No, for yeah, for, for us, it wasn't an on-page tool.
2: It was uh, what I'll call an inventory management solution.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, this is. A,
1: yeah. And this is just our experience. What we, our, what we have used as the third tool.
2: Yeah. And. 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 The, the point here is that um, when we first got started, the Amazon inbound shipping uh, workflow was not very good. Mm-hmm. And um, so the third tool I think I invested in was um, inventory, in- lab. inventory Lab. And I wish that I had made that my second tool because I did my own shipments <laughs> using the Amazon seller workflow. For, I don't know, probably three or four months. I never did have to do that in our business. Right. And by the time Robin came along, I had upgraded to inventory lab, which, by the way, at the time, it was a substantial savings of time, like an easy 35, 40% cut down on the amount of time. Um, that we were spending prepping and getting our shipments out the door mm-hmm. because we were still using 30-up labels. Mm-hmm. We were uh, having I to... I, uh, I was <laughs> still using 30-up label labels, having to print a separate label with an expiration date on it for, for expirable items. Um, and uh, fighting with the seller central, it was just, it was a mess. For, okay. for us, Inventory Lab streamlined that a lot.
1: Right. But now... It's not so bad to use, uh, from what I understand and what I've worked through with people, it's not so bad to use the uh, shipping directly in Seller Central.
2: Well, you know what they say about old dog and new tricks.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But what else does it give you? Why why else would you recommend that tool? Oh,
2: well, Inventory Lab is maybe my favorite tool. And uh, and I've tried to become an affiliate for them for quite some time and been unsuccessful. But I've got a lot of good things to say. So I'm not telling you this because I'm making any money or we're making any money. <laughs> it, the label create the label printing uh, piece that it does is phenomenal. The It puts your FNSQ and an expiration date on the same label, so that saved me a bunch of time.
1: And I can scan and right. put my items in the box. And, right. keeps you, track- and then you can
2: use a handheld scanner to, as you're packing your boxes, just drop the item in there instead of having to go tell Amazon which items are in which box. This will help you get it there, right, uh, automatically. And then it also does a phenomenal job of uh, bookkeeping. So we love it for the, uh, in the early days, today we've got a professional accountant, but in the early days we used it for the first year, year and a half um, for all of our accounting because it does a phenomenal job. Now it's only as good as the information you put in it. Yeah. So you got to make sure you put it, enter in all your subscriptions and your supplies costs and all that kind of stuff. But it gives Just like you, you give your accountant. Just like you give your accountant. Yeah. It gives you a phenomenal snapshot of how did I do last week? How did I do yesterday? Mm-hmm. how did I do last month? What did last year look like? Um, and then all the way down to an ASIN level, um, what did I make on this particular ASIN? Now that uh, over the course of a month, what was my ROI mm-hmm. you know, during the period of time that I sold that item? Just a ton of great, um, what I'll call advanced business analytics.
1: Right. So go ahead. I was just going to say, and now there are many more tools available to us or that maybe we just didn't know about that. Um, that people are using to accomplish those same things.
2: Agreed, yeah. So it used to be that that information was kind of available through Amazon and the uh, uh, Inventory Lab used it like an API to get to extract some information so you would know kind of what your profitability on a per sale level was, right? I mean, you can still go in and pull a report from Amazon. It's convoluted and kind of messy, but you can do it. Inventory Lab makes it super simple,
1: as does the other tool that we were going to bring up next which is seller board, seller board, seller board does uh, those, uh, not the packing and shipping for you, but a lot of that information about how much you made on that ASIN, how much, you know, it also even gives you information about uh, what's changed on that ASIN. Uh, I had somebody tell me recently that one brand that they were looking at all the, all the brands changed on those listings mm. that they were. And so it gives you information uh all kinds of different information that you can...
2: Yeah, it gives you you alerts like that that. when a listing should change. It also has a phenomenal insight Mm -hmm. into how individual ASINs are performing. Mm -hmm. So even going so far as to track your ad spend, if you're running like your 5 Cent campaign, or even if you're doing private label, it can track all of your inventory. I mean, your uh, ad spend on there. So you know, on a per like per sale level... Mm-hmm. on a per unit level, I should say, all the P's and Q's about that. What was my storage fee? What was my transportation fee? What was my ad spend fee? I mean, I love Sellerboard for those insights that it offers there. Mm-hmm. To be fair, a lot of that is available in Amazon, but it's just not easy to get to. So Sellerboard yes. makes it super easy. Same thing with uh, Inventory Lab. You yes. can already do inbound shipping and all that kind of stuff with Seller Central. It just wasn't easy to do. So you end up using some third-party tools like this to make your life easier, to get some time back in your life.
1: Yep. I agree. So what have we found today, Brian? We found, we found
2: that we can use, oh, the only tool we really need to get going in this business with is Keepa. Keepa. Yeah. If we only had one tool to do this business with, it would be Keepa. Keepa. All right.
1: And, and a professional uh, uh, seller account. doesn't have to oh, yeah. be a professional seller uh, account. It can be an individual seller account, but you need a seller account and Keepa to get started with the replense business.
2: Right. And we talked about a couple of advanced strategies. Uh, once you have the tool, Keepa, you, that you right. can use, but you don't and have you to. You don't
1: need to know everything about Keepa in
2: order to use Keepa to get started. Right. And then uh, if we were forced to invest in a couple of other tools, which we have, mm-hmm. and we weren't forced we, we were. because it made our lives easier to do mm-hmm. that. Um and
1: uh, After yeah. we had enough income to
2: support those tools. So right, you right. Know. Yeah, that was, you know, circle back to how we started this off. We do often get new coaching clients who have this uh, cadre of tools that has kind of put them in the hole right out of the gate. And um, we're here to tell you really all you need to get started is a tool like Kipa. And then you can gradually add some other tools that will make your life easier and give you some time and enjoyment back in your life Um as far as your Amazon replense business goes.
1: And, and if I could wrap that up by saying, we we went on to a couple of other tools that you could add on, but in a true replens business, in that part of your strategy, that may be your only strategy, it was ours for a long time, you really, there just really aren't a lot of tools that you need to keep that going. You can be pretty advanced with seller board, and an on-page calculator and up mm-hmm. you can really go Keepa, long way. thousands and long way. thousands of dollars yeah. a month okay. and easily do it with that, even the outsourcing.
2: All right, good. How are we going to okay. wrap this up?
1: I thought I just did.
2: Oh. <laughs> well, I thought we <laughs> had our, our going out thing that we always say. Oh, yeah. Well, of course. So if you ever run into problems, like we were talking about earlier, where one of your ASINs loses the buy box. Well, I mean... Uh, the list, the buy box on the listing goes away. You know what cures that?
1: More replants.
2: More replants. Yep. Go get some more tests to add to More units.
1: test ASINs.
2: All right. And with that, I think we're good to go. Okay. All right.
1: Thanks, Great. everyone. Thanks for hanging in there, guys. See you soon.
0: Hey, thanks for joining us for today's show. But before we go, I've got a special guest that I like to bring on once a week or so around here. He always brings tremendous value to our community. Of course, I'm talking about Mr. Jeff Schick. How are you today, my friend? Doing well. How are you doing? Doing great, buddy. Uh, so hit us with some great uh legal and policy advice from Amazon. What do you got for us today?
3: Well, today we're going to talk about sourcing at smaller stores because a lot of sellers tend to sh- stay away from small stores. And they think that if it's, you know, if it's not, you know, Academy Sports, that you can't shop there. And so they avoid sometimes really good deals on products because they don't know that the store is safe. And so I want to talk about. You know how do you shop at a small store and know that it's a safe place? So,
0: Great without topic. further
3: ado, I guess I'll jump jump right into it. It's uh, yeah, let's do it. So, I was just telling you I'm in Orlando, Florida right now. And so for this example, we actually used. Uh, so we're going to use Under Armour, and let's imagine that we found a store. And now there's a store that popped up uh, nearby on Google Google Maps. Uh, let's see this. The name of the store is Big Diamond Sports. Looks like they sell um sell baseball stuff. And maybe it looks like they might have like a coaching and training facility for right. you know kids that are going through to prepare for college baseball. Right.
0: So so imagining- let me help set the table for for a second. So so I'm a reseller and I'm thinking, hey, I'm gonna go yes. out and find some good replins today. I'm gonna go source some products I can sell on Amazon. And there's this right. little store with this little parking lot and this little specialty store. And I'm thinking, well, if I had to get an invoice from these guys or or, or itemized receipt. And Amazon asked for this from me. Are these guys legitimate enough that I'd be okay? That's the question I'm asking myself. Some people are like very cautious thinking, oh, no, I got to stick to Target or Walmart or the big stores only. No, these little stores can be safe. And that's what you're illustrating.
3: Absolutely. So this is a perfect example. So uh, I imagine, you know, we're pulling up in the, the, the parking lot for this store, but we're saying, you know, we look at it and we're like, do we actually trust? The fact that you know we're going to buy some T-shirts here and sell them on Amazon, and the answer to that depends on what we can find out about the store. Now we're going to set ourselves four thousand miles away in Bangalore, India, and so imagine that a seller has now submitted a receipt to you, and you're sitting in an Amazon office tower in Hyderabad, and you're looking at a receipt from Big Diamond Sports. Now you've heard of Target, you've heard of Academy Sports, but you've never heard of Big Diamond Sports before, and you see that it's in Orlando, Florida. It's got an address, it's got a phone number. It's got itemized details. You know, let's say it's a perfect receipt. It's got UPCs. How is Amazon going to trust it? Well, it's actually pretty simple. They're going to take the information you gave them and verify two things. One, is this store a legitimate store? And if the answer to that is yes, then they'll verify, is that receipt real? How do they do it? Pretty easily. When it comes to... So we know, imagine we bought some Under Armour t-shirts. They're going to go to underarmor.com. At the very bottom, you'll find a button that says store locator. And you're going to check the box. There's brand houses, Under Armour, like outlet stores. And then there's a uh, store, uh, authorized reseller box. I think it's called dealers. You're going to check the dealer's box and you're going to type in that zip code from Big Diamond Sports. Now, just if anyone wants to follow the example, the zip code here is 32812. And when you type that in, it's going to pop up Big Diamond Sports. So what have we just done? What has Amazon's person in India just done with that Big Diamond Sports receipt? They verify that they're a legitimate store because they purchase they're an authorized dealer on Under Armour's website. So now they don't have to worry about whether this product is authentic Under Armour or not because they know that their con you know Big Diamond is contracted with Under Armour.
0: Now beautiful. Well, can I sum so, up what we've said so far? Just because this should, for people who followed this, what we just said, should put you at ease because you right. can go in and say, okay, here's the items I'm getting ready to buy from store X. Is this a legitimate store? Well, are they authorized to sell those brands or not? You can visit the website of those brands and very quickly know, because that's what Amazon's gonna do if they ask you for a verification receipt. Like you get an IP complaint, we wanna verify that these came from a legitimate source, here's the chain of custody, here's the receipt itemized, the store actually exists, they're an authorized seller. And in many cases, like Under Armour has, I've gotta imagine thousands and thousands of authorized resellers, right? So as long as you're dealing from one of them and not like Al's bin barn, you know, where you bought a big box of them and no one knows where they came from. Now you're playing right. with fire. But if you're getting an itemized receipt from one of these small retailers that exists on the yeah. manufacturer's website, yeah, you're good to go. That's the research that Amazon does when they're rarefying. Exactly. Yeah. Good. Even okay.
3: the like, and some people would say, but wait a second, if you go to Big Diamond Sports, they have no website. I don't even know if they have any Google reviews. But And certainly, it doesn't look like they're a traditional sporting goods store. I mean, they're not competing with Academy Sports by any means, but they are authorized by by Under Armour. So if you're buying, that doesn't mean you can go in there and buy Under Armour and then also start buying Rawlings and everything else. You'd still have to do your diligence because yes, we know that they're authorized to sell Under Armour, but if they're selling Rawlings and they're not authorized to sell Rawlings, you don't want to. You don't want to add that to your list of of purchases, right? Because they're not, you know. Now you're playing; right. you're in the back of that fire pit again. Spoken so.
0: like a spoken like a true lawyer. For me, <laughs> if they're authorized to sell a handful of name brands, I'm going to feel pretty safe shopping there in general. But you know, lawyers speak. Right. I get you. Got to you got to throw that in. I hear you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, exactly. But yeah, I mean, they're probably not doing anything anything shady because to get an Under Armour contract is decently difficult. So yeah. So just the whole idea is that you can, you know, when you're shopping at small stores, you know, I gave the the example here in Orlando, but obviously not everyone lives in Orlando. (laughs) There's going to, you know, there's, if you type in your zip code and you find stores around you, you might be surprised to find all sorts of stores that show up on different websites. So you might go to, you know, yeti.com, you might go to Under Armour, you might go to, you know, Yankee Candle. I mean, you, you name it, Go. you can look and find these sources for different replens that are You know, smaller stores that probably would want your business. And they might even be able to offer, you know, bulk discounts and other, you know, quantity discounts as well for you. So,
0: yeah, it's a great way to do research and find some small businesses that you can go source from, actually, as well. Yeah, great point, man. That's really good stuff. I appreciate the tip today. This is something that uh, I love that because part of having you in our community and contributing, Jeff, is you see what's happening in the real world out there when people are hitting snags, sellers are hitting troubles and so you bring us what's kind of floating to the top in your world in these right. little snippets so very valuable appreciate your tips today buddy thank you absolutely you're welcome I'll do it again real soon okay sounds good thanks jeff and for those who don't know jeff com, just like yes. the razor s-c-h-i-c-k he's got a you great got monthly program that you can get him on retainer we're even working on some good discounts for this community so be staying tuned for that you'll be hearing more about that very soon uh, so absolutely. we'll have you back again jeff all right All right. Thank you. Thank you, my friend.
3: Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit SilentJim.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.